1: Sirius XM radio presents in conjunction with house of athlete.
2: I am athlete tonight. Welcome back to I am athlete tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Ducible, with my guy, B flow, Brandon flowers and LeBron wants a team in Las Vegas. Now following last night's preseason loss to the Phoenix suns in Las Vegas, LeBron James used the occasion to make a personal plea to the commissioner Adam Silver saying he wants to be first in line to own a team if the league ever expands to the Sin City. This is what LeBron James said. Best uh, fan base in the world and uh, I would love to uh, bring a team here at some point. That would be amazing. Um, and I know Adam is uh, in Abu Dhabi right now I believe. That's where they're at right now? Yeah with the and in, in, in uh, Atlanta. So, but he probably sees every single interview and transcript that comes through from NBA players. So I want the team here, Adam. Thank you. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious how LeBron said that. I want the the team here, Adam. Thank you. Now Adam Silva was asked during his annual NBA Finals news conference about the league expanding beyond 30 teams. And this is what he had to say about that. That talk is not true, Um, at least Maybe there are people talking who aren't at the league office about us potentially expanding after the 24 season. Um, We are not discussing that at this time. As I've said before, um, at some point, this league will invariably expand. It just is not at this moment. Now, B-Flow, do you think the NBA gets an expansion team eventually in Las Vegas?
0: Eventually, they have to, right? Las Vegas is just a city that's going to bring it. Who doesn't want to see games in Las Vegas, right? I know in football with the Las Vegas Raiders, whatever team is playing Las Vegas and they catch those one or two away games, well, whatever team that's playing, yeah, the Raiders, and they have like two away games that they usually go to, the diehard fans, Vegas is going to be one of them, right? So you're always going to get seats to fill up. I think what the commissioner is only concerned about is, is, there enough residents that will buy tickets there? You know, mm. that's going to be season, tic- season ticket holders. This isn't a football game where it's only 16 games where you can knock those out like, easily. You're talking about a lot of games where it's going to be a season ticket holders and they're all about business. They're all about money when it comes to these uh, commissioners and owners. I think it'll be great for basketball. I think they'll eventually get a great fan base down the road I think it's a little premature now. I know the Las Vegas Raiders, they have excellent facilities. Um, and, but even when the Raiders play, you see the stadium has a lot of visiting fans in there, mm. right? I don't, I don't know if the basketball team can do that night in, night out, and uh, continue to bring in revenue.
2: Well, the only way I would push back on that a little bit, because right? I went to a Las Vegas Knights game. And if you don't know, that's the hockey team there, right? And they were good for a a long time. Well, they haven't been there that many years, but um, for an expansion team, they were really good, like right off the bat. And it was live in their B flow, I'm telling you. The thing is, when you live in Vegas, there's people always there. So people always want to do something new, right? So the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA team is there. And looking at some of their games this year, like the fan base was nice in there. So I think an NBA team... Maybe not as far in the future as you think. I think it's going to be a lot sooner. I think Seattle deserves to have another team after the Supersonics left and went to OKC. And I think Vegas, it just makes sense if they extend out. Who knows? Maybe the Sacramento Kings, they finally sell and they move to Vegas. That makes a lot of sense as well. But if you, you know, I know you talk about having a fan base weekend and week out when you got 80-something basketball games. But you got to think, people that are visiting Vegas are going to want to go there. So, say somebody comes for three or four days, maybe they have the potential to go to two home games in Vegas. They do that, That right? Because you know what I'm saying? Because you're in Vegas. That's exactly why you know the, the fan base in Vegas for the Raiders thing. It's they already have a rabid fan base from being in Oakland, but and also being in LA. So people from LA can travel to Vegas a lot sooner than they can travel to to Oakland to get the game. So that's why that fan base is done so well. So now you got NBA, you know, team there. Hey, that's a quick flight from Vegas Let or or it's just, like a 3 3-hour three drive. Let me ask you though uh this though dudes, the
0: hockey team. I'm not familiar with hockey. I'm not yeah. Are they like a complete expansion
2: team or did they move from somewhere else? Uh Sean, Sean, can you help me out with that? I think they were an expansion team, right?
0: You said, what was this, the, the Lakers? You the said? Las
2: Vegas Knights, the, the, Knights. The, the hockey team. The Knights yeah.
0: are an expansion
1: team, yes. That's they right. They came into the league just a few years ago.
2: Yeah, so
0: they okay, were an expansion that's, team, that's too. The only thing, that's the only thing I thought the Raiders had from them. Like, they had a crazy fan base before mm. they even got there. So they're, they're going to commute over that way, right? I'm just thinking, if you don't move a team and you just create a random team, like a Las Vegas and whatever name, I think it'll be harder to build that fan base when it comes to basketball. But who knows? If LeBron is the owner, and mm. then you know, Hove gonna be a part of that thing somehow, and they gonna find <laughs> some way to have nice little performances here and there, or some outside the venue. Like it's some way they will bring a lot of attraction and foot traffic that way. But I don't know, dudes. You you did make a lot of sense when you said if you yeah. visit Vegas, you would you almost rather go to a basketball
2: game than a football game. Oh, 100%, man. Again, like, depending on how many times you've been to Vegas. Now, you can't do everything, right, because there's so much in Vegas. But if you've done similar things, you're like, well, let me go check out a basketball game. Man, I ain't never been to a basketball game in Vegas. And, again, the Vegas, you know, Knights, they were an expanded team. And Like I said, when I went, I think it was either like four, four years ago, maybe, maybe five years ago. I think it was like four years ago. bro that arena was rocking for the hockey game. Like they had a strong fan base. But you got to also think uh, BFO. like, what is it? Maybe 10 to 16,000 fans instead of like the 60 something on a, in a football yeah. arena. So you got to yeah. think bro, it's more yeah. than that. Traveling to Vegas every day, <laughs> you know? So like <laughs> people are going, even if you don't have like a loyal fan base crowd, like people going to come just to watch the game and, 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 Partake in the festivities, right? Like you need something to do anyway. You know, you know how it is. You've been to Vegas around that, you know, six to eight mark or six to nine mark. That's a downtime yep. anyway. You're chilling. Yeah, so now you downtown. just go to the game and then you head straight out after that. So it's a perfect segue. So I think it makes a lot of we, sense. Now the, the question is, right? LeBron has been adamant by one of a team in Vegas. If a team ultimately doesn't go to Vegas, do you think LeBron becomes an owner of an NBA team? Period. I think, I think that's his goal, to be an
0: owner. I can't see LeBron wanting to be on the sideline and be like a Phil Jackson coach. Even though he has that leadership and that demand on the court, mm-hmm. I ultimately, I think he wants to be in a suit. He wants to own a team. Like, LeBron is all about ownership, right? He, th- that's been his focus when he came in out of high school, just knowing that he can sign one deal. I think it was with Reebok or Adidas and just waiting out for that Nike deal. That was 100 mil. he always been business savvy when it came to ownership and knowing what exactly the next move he wanted to make. So I definitely think he will own a team somewhere. Only thing, I can't say I think he he is going to own a team because I think it's harder than we think to own an NBA (laughs) franchise, but I know he wants he wants to own a team. I would say he wants to own a team and not be on the sidelines coaching or even be a general manager.
2: Yeah, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, if it's similar to uh, football, you got to be approved by the other owners too, right? Before you can exactly. even potentially become an owner, even if you got the capital. So that's always something that's, you know, a, a, I want to say a roadblock potentially, but a roadblock for a guy like LeBron potentially being a owner in the NBA. The Eagles... That's, that's
0: dangerous for other owners. That's oh, dang, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. So that could be a potential roadblock. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say it
2: negatively, but it is what it is.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, because who
0: wouldn't want to come play for LeBron? He understands that players want to get played. He's going to make sure it's a nice environment, fun environment. It's going to be the place to be. And let's just say it is Vegas. I feel like every free agent in the NBA would definitely want to say, I'm going to Vegas first. You know, so they might try to keep them out of
2: that thing, just tax wise. You're gonna get exactly. more money. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it makes total sense. Uh, we go from LeBron James talking about he wants to be an owner to the Eagles, who are five and oh right now, and they <laughs> visit the Arizona Cardinals this week. We're gonna break down this game for you. As I look at these two teams, I really break it down. Right, the Arizona Cardinals they have struggled in first halves of games. Be flow. They just have not been able to get it together. And I put some of that on Cliff Kingsbury, right? If, if you look at it, had a coach tell me, right, don't get bored doing the simple things good. Uh, the, this team will spread you out, right, go four or five wide, and be able to run the ball because you know how it is. Before we we'll give you some football talk, everybody that's listening. When you spread that many players out, right, you have a light box, meaning you usually only have five or six defenders in the box. And when it's light like that, you should be able to run the ball because it's advantageous to the offense, right? You have a light box, and usually, you know, teams that stop the run in five or six block uh, boxes have really good defensive linemen and good linebackers, right? So last week versus the Carolina Panthers, every time they went spread, right, three or four wide, they ran the ball really effectively with James Connor and, and, and Benjamin back there. But then they would line up in twelve B flow. And everybody knew they were running the ball, and it would get stuff. Then on third and one, right, this dude called a, a speed sweep with Randall Moore when you got James Conner, one of the most physical backs in, in, in the league back there. Gets tackle for loss. Brian Burns shoots up the field, tackle for loss. Another fourth and one, the snap goes over Colin Murray's head. It's like, it's like you take one step forward, two steps back, right? And, and the first time I saw this, you know, the Cardinals run a RPO last week versus the Carolina Panthers was in the third quarter beef flow with three minutes left in the in the third quarter, right? You have one of the most dynamic athletic quarterbacks. Like why not use his legs, use them in RPO. We can maybe hit Zach Ertz in the, in the flat, maybe hit Hollywood Brown on, some, on a quick slant route if the box is favorable to you. I, I just don't get it and I don't understand. Also, Kyler Murray, last week was the first time and it didn't happen until the second half. I actually saw him go through his progressions, right? He was comfortable in the pocket. And then when teams gave him the opportunity to connect with Hollywood Brown in one-on-one situations, he made the Carolina Panthers pay for it. So you see, you know, bits and pieces of good and great from this Cardinals team, but I just don't understand the identity and why they do some of the things they do in the beginning of games, because they've always, I think they've started behind in every game this year. Now they were able to come back Twice, right? They did it last week versus the Panthers, and they did it also um, the week before versus the Raiders when they were down 20-3, to three, and everybody remembers the play when Kyler Murray was running around for 28 seconds, and then he made a play. You Look at the Eagles team, man. Honestly, like I said this before, that's that's a well-balanced breakfast over there, right? They, they have one of the most complete, if not the most complete roster in all the NFL. Jalen Hurts in the RPO game for the Eagles puts you in such a bind. Because the way Miles Sanders is running the ball, and I believe he ran for over 130 last week on the ground and two touchdowns versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, you have to respect the run game because it's one of the best run games in all of football. But also, behind that, they got guys like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Godert, that can catch the ball on quick slants or flat routes in the RPO game. So it puts the linebacker in hell, really, is what, they, what it puts him in. Because you know this, b as a linebacker, if you run downhill to, to stop the run, they throw that slant right behind you. But if you try to back up and, and stop the slant, then Miles Sanders is running for seven yards before you even make contact with him. So Jalen Hurts has really, you know, perfected, I don't want to say perfected the RPO game, but it's so simple, but he's done it at a high level. And again, it puts players and teams in such bonds. If you look at his Eagles defense, right, uh, 13 sacks B-Flow in the last two games. That's going to be something to watch for in this game. You know, the Carolina Panthers in the first half got some pressure on Kyler Murray. The second half, he was a little bit more comfortable, used some of his athletic ability. But this defensive line and then those two corners with Bradbury and also big play Slade, man, they come into the fold there. This Eagle team, I mean, I think the, the line is five and a half. I'm taking them to cover. I just think that the Eagles will be too much on offense and that defense, right, getting after you. Colin Murray and the Cardinals have had to come back twice in the last two games. If the Eagles get a significant lead, they're not relinquishing it. And it's going to be great for that defensive line, because if you're playing with a lead, you know you got to pass the ball. They can really get after you. So what do you think about this matchup, B-Flo?
0: You know what? You, you think Cliff Kingsbury and Colin Murray would be clicking by now, right? Because <laughs> you Because if right? a couple of years together, you'll feel like, hey, I know exactly what you like. You know, like, Andy Reid knows exactly what Mahomes like. McVay know exactly what his QB one over there in uh, Los Angeles wants. Even uh, Nick Sirianni, he knows exactly yep. what Jalen Hurts like, wants, the RPO. And, like, how you say you put linebackers in a bind, whereas, like, they're getting pushed on a line of scrimmage, like you said, because the linebackers can't come up. So they double-team on them tackles, and then they get into the linebacker four yards down the field. So they have an identity to their offense. It's almost like Cliff Kingsbury haven't figured out what fits Kyler best. And mm. I know they just added Hollywood Brown, you know, and I know they're waiting for Hopkins to come back, but it's almost like what is their identity? I know you said yeah. they had some success with spreading them out and uh, running Connor, but maybe he would, you know, you self-evaluate as coaches. You go through the first quarter of the season. You know, a lot of teams, what they like to do is split the season up in four games. Like, you got the first four games in yeah. the first quarter of the season, and they like to reevaluate what they did well, what they did bad. So now, he might get a sense of, hey, this is what we do well, so we're going to harp on this. And to be honest with you, man, like, I love the Eagles. I never admit this to Shady, because Shady I always think he's right, and the Eagles going 16 and 0. So whenever Shady y'all, I'm always saying Philly really terrible They not this and that. But I love what Nick Sirianni is doing over there with the Eagles, but it's just something about Arizona oh, God, and the quarterback fair. they have in Murray. I love Kyler Murray. You know I love Calamari. Yeah, I know you do. Kyler I don't Murray. know why. And I and – because I, <laughs> he, he has that – it fact, do you see how he was running around yeah. and making plays against Oakland? Like but, he can do – you don't know which game he's going to do it, but he's yeah, going to come – But do you go, think that's the, that's the, the issue D. maybe
2: with this offense beef flow right They're depending on Kyler Murray to just be – greater than the other team like there's no flow to the offense especially in first halves of games where they've started significantly slow like you said you would think all this time that cliff kingsbury and Kyler murray have you know played together you know he's coached them that he would know exactly what Kyler murray needs but it, it seems like Kyler murray has to be perfect for them to win games and literally perfect but in the dude, second I half think- I think that's when he plays his best ball. When he's out of the pocket
0: and he's moving and he's scrambling. That viable offense, it's almost man.
2: Like, what, you can't live we off of that. About?
0: We talk... Nah, we talked about this with Russell Wilson. When We exactly. said we were talking to Shady. We said he's not a rhythm passer. Don't have him in there. You know, start, when he goes his three-step, drop on that third step, let it go. Like, that's mm-hmm. not Rush's game. Yeah, but he did it last week and it had of...
2: success in the first half. Uh,
0: I just think Kyler <laughs> isn't a rhythm guy. Like you, just, you got to just say every every player is different. You can't You're say right. he fits in this person category, or he should do this because other quarterbacks does this. Like Kyler, you do your thing. I'm gonna call these plays, and I just hope you can get it done right. I just think a running game would help them so much more, where their offense will become more like the Eagles. Because the re- the reason the Eagles are deadly, because you named it. Yes, they have basically two number one receivers out there and yeah. a running back that runs the ball well, but you still have to account for Jalen Hurts keeping it on those RPOs. Mm. You got to have a guy to stand back for him. So it's just, it's, it's almost too much for a defense to contain. So <laughs> if Connor start picking up these carries, start being like a liable threat and getting 115 yards a game, you will see Arizona getting that much more comfortable. You look at them like, hey, like, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're the weak team in the NFC West, but they 2-2 two and two just like everybody else, right? So yeah. we're we just used to Arizona starting off super fast, and then they slow down at the, begin, at the end of the season. It's just, I think with Hollywood Brown coming along, they're still trying to figure out. Some out like for some reason, but they're not dead in the water. I like Arizona to beat the
2: Eagles. Whoa. So you got an upset. You got the, the Cardinals winning versus the Eagles this week. I have the Cardinals winning against the Eagles this week. Eagles get
0: their first loss and that'll be great for them because they won't have a lot of pressure of being undefeated before they play Dallas. Cowboys. Get, their loss. <laughs> get their loss against Arizona. And when they go play Dallas, it will be like, all right, we got that loss out of the way. we got to get back on track. Let's go
2: play ball. I, I just don't see it to me. Zach Allen, not even T.J. Watt, Zach Allen, who had a great game versus the Carolina Panthers. He's going to have to be big in this RPO because, again, he's going to have to, as a defensive end in that 3-4 scheme, he's going to have to be able to control the run, but then also get his hands up and maybe bat some of these balls down on these quick slant routes to, you know, A.J. Brown in the RPO game. That's what he was able to do last week versus the Carolina Panthers. Now, Jalen Hurts is a little bit taller then baker mayfield i think baker mayfield had like four or five passes back it was crazy watching on film i hadn't seen anything like it uh b flow like use a different arm angle or something obviously it didn't work the first three or four times <laughs> but zach for- allen he's gonna he's gonna have to be massive for the cardinals to, for them to even have a chance this game but dudes this is the thing for me also
0: i i was never that sold on Jalen Hurts. it's kind of like tour right yeah. I wasn't sure about Tua. Then when Tua played this season, I was like, okay, Tua, I like what you're doing. But still waiting that game for that game when you go back to being Tua. Like, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that game. When well, Jalen he kind of started gonna... it off
2: last week for Jacksonville, right? He had the pick six.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, and I just see Jalen Hurts having that game in his game where he's missing easy throws, he's turning the ball over, and I think he's got a lot better and his number one receiver, A.J. Brown. But I think Jalen Hurts goes back to that – to that, Jalen Hurts, where it's like, okay, he's human. Like, he, <laughs> he's not like getting 350 yards of offense every week. He's going to only have 212 yards of offense. I think he's going to want. That was last week, games. though, for him. Um, I'm telling it's going to be that game, but he's going to have
2: turnovers.
0: And that's what's going to be the deciding factor because Kyler's going to put seven on the board instead of putting three on the board.
2: Yeah, but this is why I think the Eagles are so dangerous because he he essentially had that game. Everybody was waiting for that had to drop where he doesn't throw for 300 and run for 50 yards, right? It was last week. I think he only threw for two-something. I'm not sure if he ran for over 50, Uh, had to pick six early. But Miles, again, Miles Sanders balled out, went over 130 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. And I I think that's what makes this Eagle team so dangerous because even if Jalen Hurts doesn't have his best game, you can still lean on that defense. Like people, people have been talking about their offense. Their defense gets at like that defensive line. And anybody knows if you build the team the right way, right? You build it from inside out, B flow. That offensive line and that defensive line for the Eagles is definitely probably, if not the best, up there as far as the tandem of the offense and defensive line. They're they're definitely top two or three in this league, right? And they've built it, you know. Howie Howie Roseman has built it the right way. So, like, even if Jalen Hurts, again, they were down 14-0. They were third and 13 in the red zone. Like, he had to make a play with his legs and refused not to get into the end zone. He got stopped, I think, at the two or three-yard line. Fourth and three. Sirianni, let's go for it. We're down 14-9. What is the field goal- going to do? Jalen Hurts. You know what? I'll do it myself. <laughs> get into the end zone. 14-7 from there. They never relinquished anything. I think they scored 29 unanswered points. But – everybody was waiting for that adversity to happen. It happened last week at home in the monsoon versus the Jacksonville Jaguars who've played really good football and the Philadelphia Eagles still end up smashing the Jaguars. So like, I get what you're saying. You're saying you're waiting for the game. I, I think it was last week. And I think that was a wake up call to Hurt. I think he gets back to doing what he was doing the weeks before, especially against his Arizona uh, Cardinals um, defense that really isn't scaring anybody. I mean, the, the biggest people besides Zach Allen, I think Isaiah Simmons, and Zavin Collins, because we talked about it, right? The RPO putting you in the bind. Those two linebackers are going to be massive. They're both big, athletic, fast linebackers. They're going to be massive in this game if Arizona stands a chance to win this game. This is I Am Athlete yeah. tonight. Go ahead, b Yeah,
0: my last thing.
2: Yeah. Two
0: totally different teams. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals. Jaguars been playing decent football, but you've been a part of those teams when you know when stuff started going bad and it's like, oh, here we go. That's we the Cardinals. The <laughs> like, no, the Cardinals <laughs> find a way to win. Like, that could have been the Cardinals against the Raiders. and Like, they find a way to win. Like, uh, Not
2: towards the, the back of half of last year.
0: If, if the Eagles come back from 10 points and go up 13, the Cardinals will come back and put 17 up quick. Like nah, not on, not on that Eagles are. defense. I don't
2: played. I don't see it. I don't see it, bro. I can't wait for them to show you. Let's Ooh, go. I we can't gonna see B flow. we gonna see. This is I am athlete tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Dusable, with my guy B flow. We were just talking about the Eagles and Cardinals game this Sunday. And B flow has the Cardinals in a upset this week. I think he's dreaming. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Rams. And this is a surprise, B flow, because Vegas. And betting sites have the Rams as five-and-a-half-point favorites. There has to be something I'm missing. Did they not watch the same Monday night football game we saw versus San Francisco 49ers? Do they not know that the Cowboys D-line presents that same issue for Matt Stafford in this offense? And you look at it, b Flow. the interior three uh, guys on the offensive line are banged up right now for the Rams. We don't know if they're going to go or not, right? So the, the, the 49ers had seven sacks in Monday night's game. And a lot of it was pass rush games. And you know this before even though you're a defensive back, when you're on the offensive line and you got these pass rush games, it's all about communication, right? Knowing your level. You can't be on different levels. That's what we want as a defensive line. We want you on a different levels so we can pick you and have somebody come around free. Well, the San Francisco 49ers use multiple pass rush games to free up guys, right? Uh, Nick Bosa got a sack on one. Somebody else, I think uh, Samson Ebicon got a sack on a, a pass rush game right? Now that you got those three guys inside hurt, it's going to be barbecue chicken alert for Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Fowler, Micah Parsons who they stand up sometimes and line him up over the guard or use his athletic ability. So I don't know. Vegas, again, must know something that I don't know because to have the Rams as five and a half point favorites over the Cowboys, even though Cooper Rush is the quarterback and he's played really good complimentary football as far as not turning the football over, Getting the run game going and also finding C.D. Lamb in one-on-one situations, finding Noah Brown and getting him the ball. Um, welcome back, Michael Gallup. Found him on a touchdown pass. I just think this Cowboys team not only covers the five and a half. I think they win this game. What you think, B-Flo? Ooh, I, I think
0: Vegas got it right. I, I just think they don't five
2: and run, a half. Right. Did you not see what the Niners I, just did to them boys?
0: I don't. I don't think they. But okay, my Hall of Fame defensive back coach always told me he said sometimes it's just going to be a team that you just can't beat that's the Rams and the 49ers and he said as a deep the back it's going to be one guy in the league that you can't cover to save your life it might not be the best receiver but for some reason you cannot cover this guy and you just got to hope he's not in your division you got to see him two times again like it's the sport of football is just weird like that so I think that's just the Rams and the 49ers. Like, the Rams just for some reason cannot beat the 49ers. And we yeah. talking about Sean McVay here. Like, he yeah, knows the offense this but going to be gearing either. up. Yeah, I think they're struggling on the outside at receiver. You know, um, they're, they're no, missing, it's like the run like, game has been bad too, though. Run game sets up the receivers on the outside. And Cooper Correct. Rush has twice as, almost three times as many targets as everybody. All the Might the be the four times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my thing is I just trust Sean McVay. I, I feel he's going to do something, right? He's too smart of a head coach. He's too savvy of a play caller to just allow his quarterback to get hit all over again. He knows his O-line is banged up. He knows the Dallas Cowboys thinking facts. You're gonna see a lot of screens, you're gonna see a lot of draws. Oh, yeah. You're gonna see a lot of that to keep the Cowboys on their heels this game. And I just think I think uh Vegas is just basically saying like Cooper Rush is it's gonna run out. Like Aaron Donald no, will be breathing down your neck. It's not
2: And it, Rush we trust.
0: They like C D Lamb. You know he he's been playing ball like <laughs> the last game, but he's gonna revert back to the C D Lamb and the rushing the Russian attack has been on and off for the Cowboys, right? Has so, it, though?
2: It's been on ever since Cooper Rush been in, at quarterback. Yeah. I, I mean, if you, you average like, more than watching. four yards, to me, you're on because you're ahead of the sticks.
0: I, I just think Vegas is saying, Cooper Rush, you're not going to do your deal. Aaron Donald and those boys will control the line of scrimmage when it comes to stopping the run. And once you get hit a couple of times by that Rams defense up front, you're not going to be. Which they be they the haven't been rushing the
2: passer I, well at all.
0: I believe in Raheem Moore, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> like the the Rams isn't a team that's just going to sit like they have smart coaches. They have veteran coaches. Again, like that first quarter of the season is over with. Like yeah. they're sitting in the office. I guarantee you, they're not leaving. Like they probably went home one day this week but saying like, yo, we were talking about running back last year at our parade. Like we don't look like the same team. They having meetings mm-hmm. inside their organization with team only like, yo, like we need to, we need to get this right. And we got a team coming in here hot. I know mm-hmm. they know the Cowboys are riding high with Cooper Rush. They gonna come out, they gonna play ball. I think they're going to win by double digits. I
2: got well, no. You just being positive. disrespectful.
1: Hi, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow podcast. Now that the NFL season is finally underway, we'll be filling your podcast feeds with three, yes, three fantastic podcasts every week. On Mondays, we'll be reacting to all of the action from the weekend's games. Wednesdays are for a deeper dive into one specific topic. And Fridays, will give you a bite-sized episode with all of my various fantasy football thoughts. You can listen to all of these NFL Roadshow episodes on the SXM app or wherever you stream your podcasts. Edu.
2: Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host Lee J. Doosable with my guy Brandon Flowers and we're going to talk about Tom Brady's comments on bad football being played but first with Naeem Himes getting hit um, and landing on the the grass in Denver and subsequently being taken out of the game. We wanted to ask the question right does the playing surface impact when guys hit the ground whether it's Field turf or grass. I know a lot of people might think that that field turf, you know, might be a little softer because they have the rubber pellets, but weather plays a factor into this, right? Because I played 10 years in the NFL. So did my guy, Brandon Flowers. And when it gets cold, when you're playing in those cold weather cities, like I played in Buffalo and New York, right? That rubber, when it gets cold and freezes over, especially if there was rain or snow the day before, the ground becomes like concrete when you hit it. So falling on grass is usually always, always softer than falling on field turf. Uh, before, tell us about your experiences between the, between the two, the field turf and the grass and how the impact can uh, you know, weigh on your body. No, I agree.
0: <clears throat> um, I had actually two separate concussions, one on field and one on turf, and the one on turf was so much worse because when I, when I had my concussion my head hit the surface on grass, the grass actually gave a little, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like, my helmet skidded, it, it kind of hit the grass, but it skidded a little bit, almost made like a mud track. So that little bit might seem like it doesn't do anything, but it's so much different than you just fall into your head, just dribbling on that rubber pallet like a basketball, where it's like no kind of anything, it's just bouncing up and off the floor. So it's, you know, and that's why guys kind of tear their knee up too. Like in grass, if you come out a route, or you come out of break as a defensive back, if you kind of plant wrong, like, you can slide. Your cleats can give a little and kind of take a little bit of pressure and torque from off your knees. But when they get in that little pellet in that turf surface, it's stuck. It's stuck in the ground, and you can't do anything about it. So the field surface definitely does matter, and that's why you see players all the time wanting to play on grass and want Mm. every team to get rid of that turf surface because they're thinking about their careers. And you know, as I know in the NFL, if you tear your knee up or you get too many concussions, you almost become chopped liver where Mm. your contract is ticking and teams want to get rid of you. So, yeah, man, I hope everybody can go to that grass, get rid of that field turf, you know, because I feel like it ain't good for anybody, but the people just trying to manage and maintain it.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I I always hated playing on field filter, especially with my ankle. So I got chronic ankle issues because of, you know, playing in the NFL for 10 years and multiple sprains and um, have some cartilage damage in my ankle. I'm going to have to eventually get surgery on it. And every time I played on that filter, man, like for the next two days, my ankle would just be locked up and stiff. Like when it was that grass, I remember my last year, I played in San Fran and I was like, lord i miss playing on grass i hadn't played on it consistently since like my third or fourth year when i was with jacksonville so in jacksonville you know we played on grass uh houston they went back and forth between grass and turf but they had grass sometimes. now we played indianapolis they had turf but tennessee had grass so most of my career you know in my third and fourth year of grass then i played for the jets most of my career right that's all turf you're talking about the buffalo bills the new york jets the the new england patriots like that's that's turf turf. And then you got the Miami Dolphins, which is grass. But you're talking about just in the division alone, right? Eight home games. And then those two other away games are turf as well. So, like, man, my ankle used to be beat up after the game. It literally would take till, like, Tuesday to even have my ankle feel right again. Because, you know, that that turf is just unforgiving. And I actually, um, you know, Woody Johnson and uh, Mr. Mara, I actually tweeted at them. It was like, you know, you guys come together in New York you know, split the cost of the grass, do the right thing, put grass out there for your players. Cause we've seen a couple players have complained about that, that turf in New York. I believe uh, Nick Bosa towards ACL there, Solomon Thomas towards ACL, Raheem Mostert got hurt there. So I think it should be mandated. If you really care about players and care about player safety, then let's get all the stadiums in grass, man. Cause that's, that's one way. And I'm not saying it's going to just minimize all the ACLs and other injuries, but studies have shown right that there's usually an uptick in, you know non-contact injuries on field turf compared to grass this is i am athlete tonight i'm your host Lige duzible with my guy brandon flowers and tom brady says there's a lot of bad football being played after a reporter asked him about the parody of there being so many two and two nfl teams right now this is what tom brady had to say about that do
1: you think Tom, one. in all your years, there's even more parity now. There's a
2: lot of teams that are two and two. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football. A lot of, yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. B float. Do you agree with Tom Brady? I agree with him. You know, we we're
0: seeing so many turnovers, so many breakdowns on the defensive side of the ball in a run game. Like, so many people running wide open down the field in a pass game. Like, the big no-nos that defensive coordinators, and just speaking on the defensive side of the ball, the big no-nos that they tell us, like, eliminate the big play and be sound in a run game. And that has not really been happening. And so many Mm. missed tackles, I agree. And it could go back into players not playing in the preseason, right? I I know I was one of the guys when I was playing, like, yo, I don't really need to play in the preseason. Like, I'm cool. I know yeah. how to tackle. I've been playing football my whole life. Like, I understand it where players don't want to play in a preseason, but like the penalties, the fumbles, everything points to like the guys are rusty. It was almost like the first quarter of the season was the preseason.
2: Uh, I I agree with that a thousand percent. I've literally been screaming that um since day one. Like coaches have had a different approach before than when we were in the league. Like, guys don't play in the preseason no more. You look at the Rams, right? Sean McVay refused to put guys at risk, main guys, as far as playing his main starters and main superstars in the preseason. And we've seen it. Now, I'm not – it's week four, right? So, like, teams should be hitting on on all cylinders on offenses. During the beginning of the season, the defense always plays just a little bit faster than the offense. That's just how it's always been. Um, Update, DJ Jones just gets a, a sack on, you know, Matt Ryan talked about him earlier in the the intro where we were previewing the Thursday night football game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. I want to give you a score update. Denver Broncos on their first drive were able to drive down the field, but they stalled out in the red zone and McManus makes a field goal for them. They're uh, they're up three, nothing right now, but DJ Jones just sacks Matt Ryan. I believe that's the 16th time he's been sacked this early in the season, but getting back to what we were talking about, the parody of, of, of bad football being played to your point, b Flow, you made a, a great point. Like Guys don't play in the preseason, so like the first month of the season is the preseason. So you see all these offenses slow, uh, start slow. You see the Rams starting slow in offense. You see the Cincinnati Bengals struggle the first two weeks of the season. That's because those teams specifically, none of those guys played in the preseason. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, their team played in the preseason, and they look pretty good. Look at the Buffalo Bills. They played in the preseason. They look pretty good. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They played in the preseason as well. And they look pretty good. Yes, I understand as a coach. And again, that's not an easy job to do. It's a hard job. That's why they get paid the big bucks that they get paid. But you got to get guys out there in the preseason, even if it ain't nothing but for one series twice, you know, during the preseason, one game, one series, another game, another series, because you got to knock that rust off. You got to get that continuity, because no matter if you got cross practices or not, it's still a little different when you're playing in a game and them live bullets are flying beef loss. So why do you think coaches have been so adamant to have this view on, you know, I'm not going to play any of my guys in the preseason, essentially using the first quarter, which can be dangerous, right? Um, because history has showed no teams since they've gone to the um, seven, you know, on 17 format on each side, going to the playoff has made the playoffs starting. zero and two. So why do you think, you know, coaches are so adamant about not putting guys in, in, in the preseason.
0: I think it just boils back to maybe, what, two, three years ago when everybody was getting hurt within them first three weeks. And I think the coaches thought it was because they played in the preseason and was wore down from training camp. So they were like, hey, we're going to scale back. Training camp ain't going to be as hard so guys can be fresh. So it's almost like, damn you do, damn you don't, right? If I take care of my guys, we're going to play sloppy. If I beat them up during camp and be super physical then they go out there and get hurt, oh, man, I should have rested my guy. But me personally, I always wanted to at least, like you said, get one or two series just to feel the game, get a tackle, feel what live contact is going to be like. And even in my eighth, ninth year, I was just still – I just wanted to feel the speed of the game, make sure my angles was, you know, right because, you know, Playing against a team in practice, I don't care if you're scrimmaging another team. It's still different when you're in that stadium and that play clock is going. And then you got to get off the sideline. and it's, it's no TV timeout. Like it's something about that game that's different. So me personally, I always even wanted to just feel the game, even if it is just one series in a first game, maybe three series in a second game, and then a third game. I want to play a whole half, or maybe even come out of halftime to sharpen myself up you know calm myself down at halftime just to get in the gist of a routine for the season
2: yeah like you i always wanted to get that feel now as we got older right i didn't need as much reps in preseason i just kind of want to get that knock that rust off you know the preseason for vets is mainly to use to see what you can do and what you can't get away with try some different things because you kind of know Sadly. how you want to play, but in preseason, you can get away with some things because you want to try different things. Now, you don't want to be out there doing nothing crazy, right? But you want to try different things. It's like, an, it's, it's like an extended practice, especially if you know you're good and you're going to be on the team. You want to try things and see what you can and can't get away with. And I think teams have just gotten away from that. But speaking of Tom Brady and, and the parody that the reporter was asking, I mean, the Bucks essentially on offense haven't played good football. So what do you think the main issue now that They've had injuries, right? But I feel like it's been more than that because we've seen Brady time and time again when he was with the New England Patriots, you know, even with beat up teams, you know, being able to march teams up and down the field. Now, they look good against the the Chiefs on offense. But the thing is, some of that was kind of fabricated because they were down that whole game. So you had to kind of pass the whole time. But why do you think, you know, this Tampa Bay offense, besides the obvious injury issues, why have they not been able to to get things going? Because you remember when they won the Super Bowl, and that was his first year in the offense. They kind of struggled out the gate. But, you know, last year they, they played pretty well. Then they had some injuries, had a little bit of a load, then played well, and then lost to the, the Rams in the playoffs. But coming out the gate, this this offense has kind of struggled this year. Yeah, I, I just
0: think not a thing, right? And I, I think we kind of predicted that. Once they started getting hmm. injuries on the offensive line, we was like, whoa, now, Like, Brady <laughs> hasn't been in Whoa, well, <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, he doesn't like pressure in his face. Mm. And then on top of that, he started missing his weapons. So yeah. you can miss one or the other, right? If your O-line is going to protect you and you can feel comfortable, like, you can make some throws and stick it in at the guys. But when you playing on a carousel on the offensive line, and then now all your receivers are banged up and they're not there, and you throwing the guys that you didn't even throw to in camp. So your timing is off. Like, he knows what Evans and Godwin and Julio is going to be all the time because it's clockwork. That's who you've been playing with in camp the whole time. And I sometimes think we don't realize when you get a different guy going out there running routes, he's going to see things a different way. Instead of breaking his route off at eight yards, he's going to break it off at 10 yards. Brady has to hold the ball that much longer, like, come out of your break so I can get you the ball. And that's causing, like, sacks and turnovers. You know, when the Chiefs was getting stripped fumbles, all that plays a part. So I think they're going to be okay once they get healthy. And Brittany's just one of those guys where it's just like, he knows it's just a bump in the road. Like, it's okay. Like, we're going to get better during the latter part of the season. My only concern is you're not going to get that much more healthy. So how healthy Mm. are these players going to be to – get you over the hump because the Niners, man, like they're getting healthy and they're they balling right now. The Eagles are balling right now. Mm. So you have teams in full tilt. Godwin with his injury, he, he's playing already right now. so he's yeah, only he's probably on with the hamstring. 75%. Yeah, he's only probably 75%. He's not going to get over 85% until probably after the bye week. Maybe if he doesn't strain it again. So it's almost how healthy can you get towards the end of the season? Because they're gonna have to start forcing guys back like they're doing now to not get that far behind in this in this loss column.
2: Yeah, but the thing about the Bucks, right? The year they won a Super Bowl, I think they were, were fifth seed, maybe. So it's not like they I think Tom Brady is at the point of his career where yes, yeah, it's nice to have home field advantage, and they most likely will probably still win the NFC. South, the way the Saints have been playing the first couple of weeks of the season. I know a lot of people <laughs> had them battling them. I mean, it, honestly, if you look at the Atlanta Falcons. They technically should be undefeated right now before or, three, or one loss at worst. Right. Um, they won in Seattle. They should have won versus Saints. Marcus Mariota threw that game away at the end with a the tur- the couple turnovers that he had. They um, they beat the Cleveland Browns this past week. Like this team and Arthur Smith and, and that's just what good coaching gets you, right? Because everybody had them as probably the worst team in the NFL this year. Them or, you know, the Giants, a team like that is maybe the worst team in the NFL. But the way he's been able to be inventive and unique in the run game, the boy, they ran that pill crazy versus the, uh, the Cleveland Browns this past week. And remember, Cordell Patterson went out. He got hurt. He's on IR. So yeah. he got hurt that game. He was fighting through some things. Finally ended up having surgery. going to miss the next four weeks. But with the other three backs, Tyler Algier, the other backs that they had, Huntley, they ran the pill down the Browns' throat. And Arthur Smith, that's that's his mantra. People forget he came from Tennessee Titans, right? So as far as mm-hmm. them and how they were running that football, it was because of Arthur Smith. He was the one that put that plan in place for Derrick Henry. So now he's bringing that over, right, to the Atlanta Falcons. And they got Drake London, who's actually looking really good this early in the season. Kyle Pitts, I don't understand how he's not getting at least 13 targets a game. It's baffling to me. But they've been able to run the ball. Marcus Mariota's been able to make some plays. And when he does make a mistake, Arthur Smith takes it out of his hands. Like, we're just going to run the football. That's what we're going to do. And it's worked for them. So, I mean, if their defense could ever catch up with the offense, I'm not saying they're going to compete with the Bucs. But, you know, with the NFC being down, 9-8 and might get you in the playoffs like it did last year for the, the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Let me ask you this, dudes. Do you do you see the Bucks making a run in the playoffs, or do you get that vibe where it's like the Bucks kind of been off all season? Brady ain't sure. It's early though, B-Flo. It's early. I just think the NFC is just gonna get better and better. I do agree with that. With <laughs> like, I think like the Cowboys are gonna get better. I actually think the the 49ers, they're playing great, but the Rams. I think they're
2: gonna be a tough out going down to stretch the 49ers.
0: Yeah, Green Bay, they finally beat the Bucks Minnesota's Minnesota three they're and one. Better. Like it's teams that are getting better. So I don't know. I don't know. I know you can never count Brady out. I was say, I it's just Brady,
2: it's hard to count him out it's 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 oh, Brady no. and I believe in tie bowls right I think that was a, a enigma right versus the versus the Kansas City Chiefs like they were just hitting on all cylinders as far as running the ball Patrick Mahomes in the offense complementing um the run game the run game was working extremely well I've never seen Vita Vea get pushed around like that but Creed Humphrey and Humphrey and Trey Smith the the, the two inside guys uh, on the interior offensive line for Kansas City, man. They 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 seem like they came in that game pissed off. Rightfully so. They lost to the Indianapolis uh, Colts the week before and kind of threw that game away. So I understand why Patrick Mahomes, that team, was pissed off. I mean, he's supposed to play pissed off anyway. But it seems like they were really pissed off at the Bucs, and they took it out on that defense. So, I mean, maybe you're right about the Bucs. I just – it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, and with the NFC being down, I think they get in. Um, and it's hard for me to say they won't win the division just because of how – bad the saints have played this year you know
0: no i agree they are definitely winning the division but i think they're gonna be early out
2: yeah we'll see
0: i am athlete tonight is part of the series xm sports podcast network support i am athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review that's a big deal guys Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athe Tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today.
1: So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education.